This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Take care of your property with equipment you can count on, like the Kubota BX and L01 Series Compact Tractors, part of our under 100 horsepower tractor lineup, rated number one for reliability, and Z-Series mowers and sidekick utility vehicles, where durability meets speed. Visit your local Kubota dealer for a demo today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. Visit GoKubota.com for a dealer near you. And welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Jan Shanaeus and Rodney Marsh. This is our exclusive interview with Rodney Marsh. And uh, I've been so excited to do this, Giannis. And uh, let's not waste any time. Rodney, thank you so much for joining Giannis and my, myself today. And uh, just, again, welcome to Cottage Talk. No worries. Let's get going. Okay. Well, let's start from the beginning, Rodney, and uh, I just want, want to get your thoughts. So obviously, you had two spells. You had one loan spell for him, but talk about the beginning stages. I actually had a good friend that that watched you play, and he wanted to get your thoughts on playing with the players that you played in the beginning of your career. You're talking about Johnny Haynes and players like that. Yeah. So just to get us going, t- talk about your first stage with Fulham, you know, and, um, you know, I actually – watched an interview with you and you could not say enough good things about Johnny Haynes. Well, let's, let's start with the way it all happened. I, I was, um, I was playing, um, in a, in a recreational, uh, team, uh, youth club league, uh, when I was 14. Um, and a lot of scouts come to look at the games that I played in and, uh, there was Spurs were there, West Ham were there, Fulham were there. The Fulham, the Fulham scout was a guy called Bill Brown, who many people would have forgotten by now, and he probably don't even know who he is, but it was Bill Brown that saw me. Um, and I actually signed amateur forms for West Ham. And I was at West Ham for a, for a short while there. They yep. ch- chucked me out. They didn't like me. They, 
they called me in and said, um, uh, you're, you've got too much flair for our team. You know, you're too much of an individual and, and, you know, and we've got Jeff Hurst coming through and, and blah, 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 blah. And, and they dumped me. They, they kicked me out. Bill Brown came back on to me and said, do you want a trial for Fulham, son? Come down and trial. So I said, yeah, sure. Because Johnny Haynes was, was a hero of mine at that time. Okay. And um, I went down for a trial with Fulham and they signed me as a 16-year-old on the terraces, sweeping the terraces and uh, cleaning out the bars and washing the gear. And, uh, and my, my boss was Joe Bacuzzi. People may have forgotten Joe Bacuzzi's name at uh, Fulham, but... And I had, um, what was it, five and a half, six great years there as a kid, yeah. That's great. That's that's great. Yeah, is there anything you want to ask Rodney at, at just talking about his first time at Fulham? Then, obviously, we'll talk about his loan spell with Fulham with George Best. Yeah. Look at, Rodney, looking back on that first spell, yeah, at West Ham, I think it was 59 to 60. Um, any regrets about, um, you know, your spell there? Do you think you could have done do you believe you could have done things a little differently or you just thought, you know what, that was their loss, I'll just move on? Well, um, good question because, um, you know, as you get older in your life and as you become more experienced about life and as you become more mature, you realise that you don't have to bullshit anymore. You can just tell <laughs> it like it is. And um, I was a, a very arrogant cocky young young kid at 16 I wouldn't have signed Rodney Marsh at 16 because I felt I was better than all the other players that were professionals and I was a very very cocky young man so um, I understood why they dumped me because I was a very much an individualist and I understood why Fulham signed me because that's what they wanted so no regrets about that no Okay, very good, Ronnie. And, right. you know, um, I do have a question about your time at QPR in just a second, but let's just jump ahead and let's talk about your loan spell of a form and, and then playing with the... Whoa, 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 whoa. You're, you're going way too quick because um, I, I, I want to, you know, it's, this is a cottage talk Fulham interview. So I want to sure. talk, talk about my early days because... Sure, go ahead. As I was, I was going to say, I was this young, brash, cock, you know, cocky kid that used to love to do tricks. Yep. And um, you know, I, was, I scored goals in the, in the uh, you know in the youth teams. I was sixteen, and we used to sweep the terraces. So after a game, the players would come in, the first team would come in, the reserves would come in, and the kids like me and many others would be on the terraces sweeping the terraces. And one day, I'm sweeping the terraces along with three or four others. Um, players and um, uh, one of the first team players in the eight aside game they were playing one of the first team players went down and Johnny Haynes looked in the terraces and went Rodney come on son come on you've got to make up the numbers make up the numbers so you know uh, so that's great I went me you, you mean me Mr Haynes me <laughs> Mr Haynes so he said yeah so I get on the field and like that I reverted to my cocky, arrogant self. And I'm only 16, and I get the boys played up to me. I turned, and George Cohen comes into me, and I nutmegged him. I went around the other side and put it in the back of the net. And he looks at me, and about five minutes later, I got the ball again, and Alan Mullery come up to me, and I nutmegged Alan Mullery. 
and and, and uh, I missed yeah. a goal, but I, I now nutmegged in five ten minutes. I've nutmegged Alan Mullery and George Cohen, both England internationals. Wow! The next time the boys played out to me, I don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> George, George, George Cohen kicked me onto the running track. You know the red stuff that used to go around the. <laughs> He kicked me on there. He looks at me and went, all right, son. I went, oh, oh. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> That's great, Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like, you know, and again, I'm glad that we were having you on and, and to talk about your time in Fulham because it sounds like, like you said, Fulham took you in as a young kid. But, you know, again, this is where you – is this where you really learned to be a professional? Was it Fulham or, or did that really just – move on like throughout your career, like you said, with QPR, Man City. and and But did it really start at Fulham? It absolutely did. Uh, and uh, you guys might identify with, with this or, or, you know, Fulham supporters watching this later. Um, what I used to do, I would get a ride to training or from training with Johnny Haynes. He had this beautiful Jaguar car <laughs> and he'd get like four or five in the Jag and he would drive and – when I was became 18, I would drive my car the same way Johnny Haynes drove his car my hands. I had them at the same angle and the same thing. And that was Johnny Haynes two years later. I just copied wow. Johnny Haynes. And the way that he walked and the way that he, you know, he was such an idol. He's such a great, tremendous, but both for England and for, um, and for Fulham, of for course, Fulham. captain of both. Yeah. And one quick story. Go ahead. Um, my first game for... I was 18. My first game for Fulham was Johnny Haynes played against Russia uh, for England at Wembley uh, and they had a magnificent win. And on the Thursday after the game, he came back and he had an injury. And the manager was called Bedford Jezzard. And Bedford Jezzard called me into his office and said, son, he said, Johnny ain't fit for Saturday. Um, you're wearing a number 10 shirt in the, in the youth team. We want you to wear Johnny Haynes' number 10 shirt on Saturday. And I went, wow, for my debut, Johnny Haynes. And we played Aston Villa, right? Yep. Aston Villa is a well-documented game. You can just check it out. We won 1-0. I scored the goal from a, a volley from about 20 yards right in the top corner. And I come next next day, and I'm looking at all the papers, and I'm looking at all the stuff and all this. And, I, you know, a great goal, great goal. And the headline was um, Rodney Marsh's day, now he's back in the shadows <laughs> because because next week Johnny Hayes was fit <laughs> and, and I was out again. So that was my first moment of glory. Wow, that's that's great. Giannis, Rodney, do you want to chime in gonna, here? I was, yeah, Rodney, I was going to say um, six months later, you picked up a pretty bad injury. Yeah. I know. Um, and you, you smashed your jaw in. Um, yeah. And you had, to, you had, you know, you were out for a little while, quite a while. Months, 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 months yeah. and months and months. During that yeah. time, did you? Was there any point where you thought? I think it was that was September '63, September, October, something like that. Was That's there any right. point where you thought, you know what? I don't think I'm going to make this back because you had a, a very for, for the for the younger Fulham fans. Um, you broke your jaw. Um, yeah, fractured jaw. Your, head, yeah, yeah. your fractured yeah. jaw. Yeah. And was there any point where you thought, you know what? I might never be able to make it back. Fascinating, you know your stuff. Fascinating because what happened was, um, I got a fra- I was headed the winning goal against Leicester away from home. We beat them one nil. Uh, I scored the headed goal, and as I headed it, defender came out and smashed me in the side of the head, broke my jaw, 
and the and the and the bone of the of the fracture went through the nerve of my ear and made me deaf for life. So I'm deaf in my left ear for life. And what we didn't know at the time, because in those days, you know, the medical care was nowhere near what it is today. And what we didn't know at the time was it had upset the balance of the equilibrium of the ear, you know, the, the canals of the ear and all that. And after about uh, about a month having treatment and, and not being able, I was, I was listening to the left. So, and I wasn't training, of course, or anything like that. I was just walking around, uh, still at home with my, with my parents. And um, I kept listening to my left. And I told the physio, and he went, oh, we better get that uh, specialist uh, to evaluate that. And what they found was the, in the inner circle of your ear, you've got a, a fluid that balances the way you walk. And he said, it's all gone. He said, it all came out in the injury. And you've got to wait for it to come back again, you know, for, to re, you know, get new uh, fluid in your ear. And he, he had me walking on boards that were upside down, wobbly. So I had to stand on the board and wobble around. And I, had, I did that for about, oh my goodness, for about two months. And eventually the, uh, you know, it came back. The hearing never did come back, but the balance came back. And, and it's a great question because the first thing I thought was, I ain't going to head another ball, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it did come back and I'd started to play again. And, uh, and the rest after that is history, of course. Okay, great stuff. Great question there, Giannis. Okay, well, that's going to segue talking a little bit about QPR. And then, Rodney, I just want you to know that a friend of mine actually gave me a question to give to you. And uh, he's, I'm going to post it this way. This is for my friend Steve Reynolds. I, I nicknamed him the Fulham Fart. It's actually his birthday today. So so happy birthday, Steve, in Spain. Here's my question from him. He wanted me to ask you, who was a better player, you or Stan Bowles? Um, well, we were different types of players. Uh, I've been asked that a million times. And we, we were different types of players. I was a... I was a goal scorer, creator. Stan was a creator, secondary thing goal scorer. I mean, at QPR, I scored 44 goals in one season. Yeah. I'm not sure that Stan scored 44 goals in his career. At, uh, at Q- I don't know that. I don't, you know, um, I, I ended up scoring over 100 goals for Queen's Park Rangers. Stan probably got 40. I don't know. I don't know. Sure. But we were different type players. He was... He was it, I was a goal scorer that could play and create. Stan was the other way around. So I was more, if I wanted to put it in terms of analysis, it doesn't matter who's best or not. It's, sure. It's, it's quite, do you know, when I read a book, I read a fantastic book about the Aborigines in Australia. And they have a saying, um, which is something to the effect of, it's, it's completely stupid Two dog, uh, two fleas arguing who owns the dog, and I think that's a great saying. Does it? Who really cares? You know, and is best the right word? Is more effective? Is more produce? You know, is more success? You know, the team I played in was a great, great team at QPR. Yep, we we won the double. No third division team in history has ever won the double before or since. We won the League Cup and the third division championship. So, and I scored that 44 goals in that season. Actually got into the England team at the same time. And all that, you know, is one thing. And then 
I left, and, and um, the way I, I heard Stan Bowles tell the story, he said everybody yep. was terrified to wear the number 10 shirt. He said, I'll take it, uh, and I'll wear the number 10 shirt. But what happened after that is QPR then saw Tony Curry, and Tony Curry wanted the number 10 shirt. So Stan said, OK, I'll wear number eight. So it was kind of <laughs> – you see, you see where I'm going yep. with this, Yeah, right? I do. So, yeah. Oh, fascinating stuff. Rodney, all right, let's talk a little bit. And I do have a question for you that I'm going to share with you in a second yeah. about, you know, again, playing, playing your second time with Fulham. And I'm just curious, you know, and again, I, I watched a bunch of videos of you and uh, and George in, in, in that period of time. You know, again, I, I wish I was I was a fan back then because it sounds like it was a fascinating time to be a, to be a Fulham supporter. But yeah. I'm curious what it was like for you to play with George, George, the two of you. I actually watched and again, I am admitting I watched a YouTube video of I believe it's the Hereford match where you yeah. where you guys won four to one, yeah, and uh, great stuff there. But I'm I'm just I, if you could talk a little bit about your your loan spell coming back to Fulham and what that was like. Well, yeah, sure. I I, I knew I knew George best um, from 1972 um, until he died. Until the day George died, I was I was with George 15 minutes before he died. Oh. So we we had a very close relationship, but talking specifically about the the Fulham loan spell from America, yep. we both come back. Right, it's important to you know. As time goes on, you lose perspective, and I always felt it's my job to put perspective to people that don't get it and don't understand it. So that's, I'm not sure. saying it's about you two. I'm just saying generally, yep. right? When I first played for England. Um, I was with I was with Queens Park Rangers, first Queens Park Rangers player to be capped since since the war. So, so it was a big deal, right? So I'm playing for England against Switzerland, and I go down to with Alf Ramsey, Sir Alf Ramsey. I go down to the um, Lillyshaw or wherever it was. We, we we and I'm sitting there, my first time. So I'm like the young kid on the block, and there's all the other you know great great players and that. And suddenly, Bobby Moore walks in. And everybody went quiet, and everybody sort of went, you know, like on on tender hooks. And, and I wanted to say, I almost felt like saying, um, "Mr. Moore, I'm Rodney Marsh." I mean, he was <laughs> he was that big a personality, right. Bobby Moore. So when I come point being, yeah, when I came back to Fulham on loan, Bobby was there and was captain. So it was just. Not only George Best is now yeah. going back to being with Bobby Moore, who I absolutely, Bobby Moore, was the, one of the greatest players and gentlemen that I ever played with in, you know, in world football. That's great. That's great stuff. Giannis, anything you want to ask Rodney about this period? Oh, God, I remember it oh, very, very clearly. I remember that Hereford game. I remember the 5 nothing Oldham game, uh, the chip from Bestie. <laughs> and with that one, I'll never forget. I remember talking actually to my dad at about the time when both of them came on board because um, George, had had a, George had had a pretty tough upbringing over in Belfast. Um, yeah. and prodigious kid, much like Rodney. And what was I thought was remarkable is you got two players of, of that brilliance. And, and I don't like the word maverick because sometimes it's used negatively and for me it, it it's to me it implies brilliance and i knew about i did some research into rodney about what his upbringing was like because i know that george's was tough and what i discovered back then that rodney's was probably as tough if not tougher and that yeah. 
he'd had to go through an awful lot of trauma and adversity to even be able to kick a ball as a, as a young lad. Right. And to do what he'd done to come through the ranks of West Ham and then Fulham and then obviously to go to QPR and, 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 um, and to Man City was really nothing short of a miracle. So when young footballers, modern footballers talk about adversity and the building of resilience, they need to look back at this fella and, and look back to what he had to go through to get where he got and then maybe come back and may come back with a little bit of humble pie and talk about the reality of what it was like back then Yep. Uh, with big footballs, with uh, big expectations, and tougher, tougher players, and family upbringings that weren't always great. So, you know, it's Yanis, that's a fantastic point because only two weeks ago I did a similar um, uh, podcast like this, um, yep. and it was from a Queens Park Rangers group in America, a uh, local group in Orlando. Um, and, and somebody asked me the question about today's players in the Kobe where they, they, you know, they have to be in their house and they have to wear a mask and they, they do this and they do that and, and how negative it is and how desperate they are and all that. And I said, let me tell you a little story. I said, my wife's sister was born under a table in Dagnum in Essex during the war, um, they had no sugar, no milk, and no bread. As the German bombs were overhead. Don't tell me sitting at home having to watch Netflix every night is a hardship. Uh, and they didn't like that too much, you know. So, but it's, it's facts. It's facts. You know, the upbringing is, I mean, George Best's upbringing, you know, it's uh, incredibly poor upbringing. And, and, and he came out of that to become the greatest, one of the greatest players that's yep. ever played the game. So there you go. No, yeah, that's great. Thank you for bringing that up. And yeah, funny, good question. Yeah, good no, question. it's a great question. It's actually, you know, I was talking to my friend Steve, who I asked had uh, had you uh, answer the question, and he was talking about your upbringing and and how it was rough. And I, I think it's also important to put it in perspective, Rodney. So thank you for sharing that with us. You know, and and again, I yeah. I, I think it's a great question from Giannis to, to bring that to you. And um, anything else you want to talk about your time as a football? You know, and again, you spent a lot of time over here. You're, you're now living <laughs> in the Tampa area. Uh, there's, there's, um, there really is so much to talk about. The I know. I know we could do a whole players three that hours. Yeah, well, no, you, you, yeah, you could. The players that I played with and against, and, and um, recently uh, somebody asked me to name my – the, the 11 players that I've played against, the best players that I've played against, right? And when I started saying Johan Cruyff, Eusebio, Pele, Bobby Moore, <laughs> Franz Beckenbauer, Carlos Alberto, Gordon <laughs> Banks, they all went, oh, we get it, we get it now. <laughs> That's great. That's yeah. great. That's great. You know, and uh, – and listen, you know, and I'll say this right now, and uh, as we transition, we're going to talk about it and get Rodney's thoughts about the current full team. I just want to say I am a loyal listener to the Grumpy Pundits. Grumpy Pundits, yes. Oh, I love it on, on Sirius XM FC. And uh, if you can listen to it, if obviously if you're in, the, in, in America, I believe it's also in Canada, definitely check it out. And uh, it's a wonderful show, and uh, I would highly recommend it. And, and Rodney, you've been great on it, along with Tommy Smith yeah. and uh, – and, and, uh, 
Tom Rennie. And Tom Rennie. And I, like I said, I listened to the show today. It was very interesting stuff. As always, it's never boring. It's always interesting. I would highly recommend it. Thank okay, you. coming up, coming up next, I'm going to ask Rodney his thoughts on the current film team. Okay, Rodney, let's get to it. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously, you know, I listen to your show. I follow you on Twitter, so I kind of have an idea on your thoughts on the film team. Yeah. But I, but let's start at the beginning of, of the season. And what were your expectations as the season began? You know, obviously many pundits thought Fulham were going to get relegated. And if you watch the beginning of the season, I, it certainly backed that up. But what what were your thoughts before I, the season began and going into the season? Yeah, um, I feared for Fulham early on this season. I still do. I still do. I mean, the, the knee-jerk reaction that fans have and, and – I'm not talking about Fulham fans, I'm talking about football fans. Yep. There's a knee-jerk reaction. I got into a massive Twitter um, go-around last season when I said um, something to the effect of, and it was go- they were going through a bad period last year, Yep. Uh, and, and uh, it, was, it was before the playoffs and all that, and, and I said, Fulham should sign Scott Parker to a new four-year contract. And people went... Yeah, man, you're crazy. I mean, they, they can't do this. He's too young. He can't. I said, well, hang on. Take your time. Take your time. Give him a chance. Let's exactly. see how it pans out, right? Exactly. I think I've been proven to be right on that one, number you, one. You absolutely have, Rodney. It's funny that, that you went there because I was going to ask you your thoughts on Parker because if you go back to that situation that you had last season, you could still see a manager that was learning his craft. And, you know, it went from – the end of last season into the playoffs and, and obviously transition now to the Premier League. So when you look at him, you know, and, and I'm sorry if I'm going to bring this comparison, someone that actually got sacked of Frank Lampard. And, you know, it's unfortunate that he got sacked at Chelsea. But I look at Fulham back in their manager, seeing it through with Parker, and I think he's being rewarded and the cons and us fans are being rewarded because you're seeing a manager – that has grown into the position, Rodney. So curious, your view of the journey of Scott Parker as the manager. Well, uh, it's no secret. I, I have got a secret, but it's no secret. I do think he's a he's a uh, an excellent, an excellent manager, football manager. He's so young, but he's composed. Um, everything he says, he gives it deep thoughts. Uh, I listen to almost every interview that he gives when I can. Yep. Um, he doesn't. Now, if Scott Parker finds a way of listening to this, I'll be interested to see how he relates to this because every time I've watched him interviewed, he doesn't give excuses. No. He gives reasons. And there's a massive difference between that. You know, you, if something goes wrong, you can give the reasons that it went wrong, and but it's not like oh the referee was this or the you know the uh, the crowd was that or the bad foul or the referee the penalty and the, you know it's always a reasoned discussion with Scotty Parker and I like that. But what you don't know was when he was fifteen, when Scott Parker was fifteen, I actually interviewed him. He will remember this. I interviewed him because he was about to go to Spurs as a 15-year-old kid, and he was as composed as a 15-year-old wow. as he is now. So there you go. Wow, that's great. 
Over to you, Giannis. Anything you want to ask Rodney about the current team? And I've got a couple more topics as well. Well, you know I've been really high on Scott Parker from since day one. I mean, yes, you have. Uh, he's, he's a London boy. He came in. You know, we were struggling a couple of years ago, and um, you know, I admire his approach to the game. And Rodney's absolutely right. He doesn't give excuses. He gives explanations. And one, I, I, I read an interview with uh, Zambo Angisa last week where he said, Scotty can make you walk on water. He, he builds you up in such a way that you can step across the white lines and there's nothing that you cannot do as a player. And I'm just thinking of, you know, motivational coaches that, that empower their athletes that much that you could go out and do what they can do. That win against Liverpool on Sunday I yep. thought was yeah. remarkable. Because, um, and not least because of the venom that was directed against Klopp and, and the, uh, his lineup, but people forgot that this team's been unbeaten seven games on the road. We've been playing really well for, for a lot of the season. Um, we're, we're tight at the back. And instead of giving the lads credit and saying, you know what, Fulham have done a good job and they might just stay up, it's, uh, it's what Liverpool have done wrong and the strikers can't score yeah, and what have you. So I thought that was disappointing, very disappointing. And, well, and Scotty, Scotty, I think, has done a great job. I agree with Rodney. Great job. Yeah, well, what I was going to say is uh, I actually did the opposite of that. I, I actually said it was all about Fulham, and it was. Yes, yes you we, did, Rodney. Yeah, yes, I, I, I hope you heard that. Yeah, I yeah. did. Yes, I, I did, actually, I, Rodney. Yes. Yeah. I absolutely did, Rodney. And that's, you know, and again, that's what's great, you know. And if you go on Twitter, you can see Rodney's tweets as well about this because coming out of the match, you know, obviously us fans, we're, we're excited. And uh, I want to listen and watch everything. And I'm telling you, 90 to 95% of the comments were Liverpool-based. And I'm thinking, yeah. wait a minute here. This is also a very big match for Fulham. But you actually, you looked at it in a different way, Ronnie. Talk a little bit about what you got out of this victory for Fulham. You know, again, you were very pot. You were more, it was more to do with Fulham, as you just said. Absolutely. Um, but you see, this is something, Yanis, I don't know how you've been around the game and, uh, and watching the game for probably 40 years or longer. So, so you've, you've seen a lot of things. When you analyse football, um, and I've always been this way, by the way, in lesser years more so, but when you analyse football, you have to look at all aspects of the game. And I take a lot of my analysis of the game uh, with a great coach that I was with called Malcolm Allison. Malcolm Allison was the coach of um, Manchester City. Uh, he went to Crystal Palace, blah, blah, blah. And over the years, being with Malcolm... I gleaned a lot of things. One of the things that I learned from Malcolm that nobody talks about, and I know you two are going to start talking about it now because I'm telling you to, is, <laughs> is football is, is not all about what you do with the ball. Football is about sometimes what you do when you don't have the ball, yeah. how you get possession back. Do you have players in your team that can tackle and win possession and then give it to the players that can play? So there's two sides to a game. It's not always, oh, he missed a goal, he missed a pass, he missed a shot. You have to, and Fulham are doing that part of the game so well. And the player that's getting, and I've seen probably six or seven of the last 10 games, I'm guessing, um, a player that's getting no credit, at least in a broader sense, is Anderson. Anderson, to me, Looks like a tremendous defender. He's getting, he's getting no... He's, I don't know if, if you're getting it in, in England, or, but yeah. we, you're hearing so little about him, aren't you? Well, that's interesting that you say that. Obviously, we're, we talk a lot about 
Yoki Anderson on this show, but I know what you're talking about in the larger oh, so scale. Gener- generally, in yeah, general, yeah. You, you're right, Rodney, because there isn't enough talk. Because again, it's about form, right? It's it's he's a form player, but yes, that's a, that's a great point because we're not hearing his name enough. Giannis, your thoughts about what what uh, Rodney just shared there? Rodney just stole my thunder. So I was going to say, I'll tell you why. Because at the end of the show, I was going to say, Rodney, Stan Bowles, Frank Worthington, between them, 22 caps for England. Yeah. Absolute disgrace. Oh, Absol- wow. Absolute disgrace. Joachim Anderson, one cap for Denmark. <laughs> the way he's played, tell, tell, me, tell me a centre back right now outside maybe John Stones, who's playing better. At the back than Anderson. Anderson and the whipping. For example, the goal against Sheffield United. He's knocked a 40, 45 yard ball across to take a Dover Reed. And then I couldn't stop laughing because against Liverpool, just outside the box, Dacre Dover Reed wins the ball and knocks a similar ball wide left and looks. Yeah, he did. Thinking, he's copying the Bible. Anderson's a magnificent player, and what he's done is he's. Yeah. You can see Tosin has really picked up from that, and you've got the, yep. the wing backs coming in now. They feel confident. Alphonse is behind, and he's going, "Okay, I'm settled with the four. He's done tremendously well, and to think he couldn't get a game for Lyon, um, uh, it's 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 crazy mm. to think. Oh, part two, excuse me for jumping in there, but part, go ahead, Ronnie. Part two of that, um, which is easy to gloss over, is he's a loan player. He's on loan from Lyon, isn't he? Am I right in saying that he's on that loan? Is from Lyon? That, that is correct. That is yeah. absolutely correct. So if I'm calm right now, uh, the, the phones are going. Crazy because I want him in my team next oh. year. Now you might you might have a problem with that because his agent might be saying, "Well, if Fulham can't stay up, yep. does he want to be playing in the Championship?" You know, so you you got that element in there. But I would definitely be trying to sign him to a four year, five year contract. Oh, so yeah. would I, Rodney. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a no brainer. All right. One other thing that that I want to talk about before we talk about your thoughts on Fulham survival, and you've tweeted a great deal about this, and you actually talked about this with Tom Rennie. And uh, you really, this bothered you, so uh, so th- this won't be a shock to talk about the handball against Tottenham. And, of course, I spelled that wrong. There's a Goldman there. So let's, um, let's get your thoughts about how that all went down and uh, what were you thinking about when you saw that? And, you know, again, it wasn't VAR's fault. It was the rule. What, what were your thoughts about the handball situation with Fulham against Tottenham? I, I could speak for five hours solid on VAR and the damage that it's doing to the game. Because I don't know if you saw Pep Guardiola. Where, where, where are we yep. now? We're, we're Thursday. We're Thursday now. Yep. And this morning Thursday, um, Pep Guardiola said, somebody is going to have to tell me what the VAR rules are. Now, this is, this is Pep Guardiola, arguably yep. the best coach in the world. You could, you could, you could have that argument. And Pep Guardiola is saying, I don't understand the VAR rule. Now, if he don't, how can a fan, how can a, a pundit like me, how, how can anybody, if one of the greatest coaches in the world doesn't understand VAR, how, how can anybody else? No, it's great. It's, it's a great point. And Giannis, any thoughts you want to add to that? Because we've talked about that a great deal here on, on Carter's Talk. Yeah, I saw that interview after the Southampton game and because there's two things that came out. You mentioned uh, the, the Lamina handball against Tottenham. You talked about the Arsenal handball. Um, but he also talked about the Phil Foden challenge last night. Yes. And, you know, Phil, Phil has been taken out. And you and talked about this on your show, Rodney. We did, yeah. Great length, by the way, yeah. 
And he stayed on his feet. I mean, he's he's a rarity. The lad has stayed on his feet. And so they've gone to VAR, and VAR has, must have seen that there's been a trip. Because that's like, it's supposed to be an assistant to the referee. And yes. then it's not given it. So he's been punished, essentially, for being honest. So, I, I mean, Foden deserves an awful lot of credit for what he did. And he's, gonna, he's a spectacular player. But does he? Yannis, he does he? Does he? Does he I know, deserve I know, a lot of credit for being honest? We, because because we, we have, we, I've had this debate for years and years and years. And I go back to central defenders who used to kick lumps off of me. You know, like Chopper Harris and Norman Hunter and, you know, all these, all these assassins as they used to be. And we developed a thing where if we got touched, we went down. If we got if we got a little you know, trip or anything like that, we went down for a penalty kick because you, you knew you ain't going to get it if you don't. And secondary, you're going to get a great big lump on the back of your leg because you've done you and you and you haven't gone down. So Phil Foden, while it's admirable, and I almost hate to say this because I got in a row this morning with Tom Rennie, <laughs> and that, and that is, if you don't dive, you don't get because that was the the best example, Phil Foden. He got clipped on his ankle. He's stumbling, trying to keep his feet. I'm thinking, ref, it's a, you got to blow your whistle. You got to blow your whistle. And he didn't. He just carried on trying to get his balance. And then he got it. And um, you got to cheat. Got to cheat. And I hate to say that, oh. but it's part of I know, and I know everybody hates it when I say that. <laughs> I but, hate it, Rodney, but I, yeah, I understand know. where you're coming does. from. Everybody yeah. does. But Russ Rodney's just made me—he's just made me shudder here because he played with Chopper Harris back, uh, I think, <laughs> the Hackney Marshes days. And I, yes. I Chopper, Chopper Harris was as hard a nutter. I mean, I, I, when I think of nutters, and I mean this affectionately, right. I, I can just imagine Mickey Joy, the old Chelsea centre back, kicking no absolute <laughs> six foot five and two sixty. And um, it was really funny looking at it because I thought that VAR have to give it. But they didn't, and that's why I think no. Pep reacted the way he did. He said, "Look, come on, like, what is this rule? What are we actually doing here?" So, yeah. yep, you know, he was annoyed. He was annoyed. Yeah. Okay, Rodney, I have to ask you this, and again, we talked. You mentioned this a little bit. I want your honest opinion on Fulham's uh, chances of survival here. Again, they are where they are. They, you know, again, the t- as we always say, the table doesn't lie. But uh, I, I think I see a team that. Should get out of this, but I should is should and could. You know, we shall see. What well, What are your thoughts on on Fulham's survival chances here? Um, a lot of Fulham, Fulham Fulham fans follow me on Twitter, and, and I follow back on some of them, and 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 I get the and I get the feedback, and and the, I analyze things. I don't I don't jump and have knee jerk reactions because Fulham have a couple of great results. I don't suddenly have a, a knee jerk reaction. Fans right. do. Fans do, whether you like it or not. Most fans, not all fans. Most fans have a knee-jerk reaction, right? I said about, oh, my goodness, about six weeks ago, I said, Fulham could get out of this. I said, Sheffield United have gone. West Bromwich Albion uh, are going to be close behind them. I said, but Fulham can still get out of this. And I said this then, and I'm going to say it again now, because Newcastle are falling like a rock. The last game of the season is Fulham against Newcastle. That could be for, they call it a £70 million game. <laughs> One of those teams could get relegated. So, And I haven't changed my mind about that. I think okay. Fulham can get out of it. Absolutely. Yes, I do. Yeah. 
Okay, great. Good stuff there, Ronnie. Ronnie, do you have about five or ten more minutes to, to talk a little bit yeah, about sure, the Man sure. City match? Good. Sure. Sure. Because we're, we're going to finish up just doing a very quick preview of of the Man City match. And, uh, and Giannis, definitely you know, want your thoughts on Man City as well. But um, just just share with me, Rodney, and then I'll go to Giannis, just your opening thoughts on Man City. I did watch the match yesterday. I'm trying to think of my – and, you know, and again, we've been talking about this, that it's a free hit against Man City because Man City is probably the only team that I don't think, you know, realistically Fulham can beat. But you know what? It's, you know, they're going to go in, into it trying to win. But after watching the Southampton match, and you actually had some very interesting commentary on how Southampton approached it. So just your opening thoughts on Man City. Um, well, let me go on the Man City versus Fulham analysis because – sure. I don't believe, I don't believe you can play Manchester City and try and outplay them. I don't think you can do that. Uh, and I'm talking about at the very highest level. I'm talking about really top, top world teams as well. Man City can outplay on any given day. Man City can outplay anybody. They've got so many talented players. And they've got £500 million worth of talent on the bench that don't, don't come into the game sometimes. If Scott Parker, who, who I believe has learned very quickly, he's a very astute young man, yep. Scott Parker, I would have a little bet. I don't know this. I don't know this. I'd have a little bet that in this game, that Scott Parker changes the way they play. I think you're right. I think, I think he might go with five players in midfield, four at the back, or a combination thereof. So he's got nine behind the ball and he's got one player up front. That one player could be Josh Major if he's fit. Okay. Because he's quick, he's rangy, he doesn't mind chasing lost causes, which some players do. Mitrovic can't do that role. I'm sorry. He can't play that right. He doesn't play that way. So you've got one player up front, five in midfield, and that's the way that I think Scott Parker will change the team because he knows that you ain't going to outplay Man City. Right, and what's interesting, he already had his uh, presser today, and he talked about that, again, full of praise for Manchester City, and he knows that his team's going to be, you know, struggling at probably major parts of this match, but he says that there will be opportunities for him, and basically, paraphrasing, because I don't have the quotes in front of him, you know, pick your spots. Pick your spots to that to hurt yeah, sure. Sure. And I think, and I, and I think you might be onto something, Rodney, because it might be that kind of situation where they'll pick their spots and they're going to have to execute the, on on those occasions. Giannis, what are your thoughts about this? Because again, it, it really comes down to how can Fulham get a result, you know? And you know, I I've been listening to Rodney's thoughts on it, and then I, like I said, I I saw comments from the presser, and I'm thinking Rodney might be onto something. What well, what are your thoughts? Well, the win on Sunday, I think, has brought him a little bit of capital. So when he went back to, to um, Motspur Park with the lads on Monday morning, they'll all have been buoyant. And he's thought, OK, we've got the three points now. Maybe, you know, we've got one win out of three. We could have got more. So this is a little bit of a throwaway. So perhaps if I, I throw together a plan and with the confidence we've got a week to prepare for this, we might give him a little bit of a surprise. City are magnificent. They're magnificent. They've got a magnificent coach. The brilliance of what they do is the interchangeable parts. They're a fluid team, a possession team. They're going to be worthy champions. I, I can't think highly enough of what they, the, right. what they do there. But I think this is the sort of game 
where we can go in with some confidence. And if he has a specific game plan and say, look, if it doesn't go well, fine. We've got leads in six days' time. That's okay. But have faith in your ability to do something. And he can point to certain games. He can point to Leicester, the King Power. He can talk about Everton at Goodison Park. They've gone yep. up to Liverpool and they've won up there. Yeah. And said, yeah. look, I have faith in you. Let's see. Let's let's ask some questions early. We're not going to do like the kamikaze Hassan Hutal. We're going to go down. You know, yeah, that go just didn't work. Yeah, that was a disaster. Made no sense either. Made no sense. No, it didn't no. because you, you, they picked they picked Southampton apart. But we're at home. Throw something a little bit different and see, and see what happens. Shall I mean, show you the problem part, with that, guys? So, sorry, Yanis. Can I tell yes, you the problem with that? Um, go ahead. It's like. It's like putting all your all your chips on red and hoping red comes in, because if you play that way, Yannis, and you try and outplay them and you try and go forward and you try and get a result, you, you run the risk against Man City of being stuffed four or five nil, and that's something you don't want. That's eighteen. I'm not, I'm not talking about Fulham. I'm talking about yeah, eighteen. Yeah. Right. You know. If they go there and they and and, and uh, they get a, a nil-nil draw, a one-one draw, even like a two-one loss, yep. it ain't that bad. You go and get no. stuffed five-nil because you're trying to outplay them, and the players come back and they start to lose a little bit of confidence, a little bit of belief. So, from my point of view, I think Scotty will probably weigh that up and say it is a free hit. You're right, yep. it is a free hit. If we get something out of this game, we sit in, we we can we've got great at the back. We've had. Six clean sheets in the last nine, something like that. Six clean yeah. sheets, yeah. yeah. If we can, if we can play that way and defensively, and we can shut them down, and we and we, you know, we get a draw or we only lose a, a tight game, I think that's a plus for the team. I think a big minus is if he gets stuffed four or five nil. I agree with that, you know. And again, listen, we can also talk just about my take, Giannis, no, just my no, take. No, no, that's a great It's a great. Go point. ahead, Giannis. I mean, I mean, it does make me when you're saying about the four five one. It makes me wonder if you know, does he put Reedy in with Lamina and, and Angisa? Does he um, try and choke it up across the middle of the field? Um, you've got to keep an eye on Foden. Um, Mara's is playing out of his wazzit right now. All of them. Um, all of them. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> doesn't matter. It, it it really doesn't matter who, who they put out at this point. It really yeah. doesn't. I mean, it's just you know, it, it, it's a machine. It really is a machine. But Rodney, Rodney played for enough teams to know that you go out and play against the big, big guns. And he's played, you know, Rodney's played against Liverpool and United when they've been in the prime. And if the attitude is, well, we're going to sod this, we're probably going to lose. You're a goal, two, goal or two down before the whistle's blown. But if you go in and say, OK, let, let's have a game well, plan. If we try and keep right, it exactly. tight, you never know. I mean, and, and, that, and I think the confidence that the lads have now, providing Scotty wears that lovely... Uh, <laughs> what did he call it? Two sizes too small. Two sizes too small. I said to my wife, I said, I'd like to get that. And I won't tell you what the remark was. I love that. No, but they they um, should be selling those in the club shop, shouldn't they, those jackets? <laughs> they should. They should. I'd buy That's, one. He's a sh- He's a fashion icon. That's <laughs> what he does. But, I mean, no, it'll, be, it'll be an yeah. interesting game. I mean, there's yeah, well. some tough games for the others coming up this weekend. So, um, I'm curious to see, because he's a canny little lad. Old Scott, yep. he's a thinker, and I love that about yeah. him. So he'll have a game plan. Okay, okay. All right, let's just end quickly with a prediction. And, and I also have, have a couple comments that I want to share from, from some of the foam supporters to you, Ronnie. But before we do that, we'll just go to a prediction. Yeah, Giannis, I'll get us going. And again, you know, Ronnie said this, and I was thinking this. I was thinking 2-0 to Manchester City. 
But I'm going to say two to one to Manchester City, which again, I'm not expecting a result here, but I think two to one to if they lost two to one, I don't think that would be that terrible. And I think it that wouldn't. would also be a situation that you could actually take something out of. So I'm going to say two to one to Manchester City. Over to you, Giannis, and then and then we'll go to Rodney for for his uh, his prediction. Well, Rodney might enjoy this. If I was Mark Lawrenson, I'd predict that Fulham would lose because he predicts Fulham are going to lose every game and Liverpool will win every game from now till 3,000 AD. That's why he's um, I think we're going to lose one nothing, but that will be no disgrace. But do not be surprised. Don't be surprised if we get a point. I have to say, I completely agree with Yanis. I, I, I see it the same way. I, wow. I, see, I see a draw or a narrow loss, okay. depending on how Scotty sets up. Okay. And, you know, and what's interesting about this, Rodney, and like I said, just as you talked about Parker, when we just started talking about Parker, and the reason why I'm so glad that Fulham have stuck with him, and I've said this several times on the show, and Giannis knows this, he wasn't my choice. But I'm glad that the cons have stuck with him and allowed him to grow as a manager. And what we're now seeing is game plan specific for, for opponents. And, you know, as long as the players execute the plan, if they lose, fine. But at least they're they're executing. At least they're, well, yeah, they're, go, they're going out there with an idea of how to beat the opponent. That's what they're doing, though. I mean, yeah. uh, you, you, know, you know, you can't you can't under understate. They are playing to a certain way. They're doing what the manager wants, and they're getting results. Now, some of the draws could have been wins. Okay, I think what they've had like seven draws in the last ten, something like that. They've had seven draws. Something. Some of those games could have been wins, but you play to your system, you play to your plan, and you believe in your manager. You've got a chance. Okay. All right. Good stuff. All right. Okay, Rodney. Um, and again, I'm I'm, I'm going to share this. This is from from uh, Martin Smith. He actually uh, messaged me as well. He says, Russ, could you ask Rodney the kickoff of the game? Did one of you? He's talking about you and George Best score from the halfway line. My granddad blesses said true or false. Is this true or false? Oh, it's great knowledge. Great knowledge. Um, it was a League Cup game. And I hit the crossbar from the kickoff. I shot from the kickoff and hit the crossbar. So I didn't score, <laughs> but he's 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 almost he almost got it right. Yes. Okay, that's 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 great stuff. That's great stuff. All right, all right. One 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 final thing before we go. And again, um, as I mentioned this before, and uh, I got a good friend who's a former journalist now living in Spain. His name's Steve Reynolds, and at Steve's birthday, and he's. Huge fan of yours, Rodney. So I'm going to just wish him happy birthday. And I call him the foam fart, Rodney. So I have a little oh, here. Nice. This is happy birthday, Steve. He actually turned 62. I, I joke with him. I said he looks more like 72. But happy birthday, Steve. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Rodney, listen, before we wrap this up, I want to thank you so much for spending a good 45, 50 minutes with Giannis no and, and no myself. And I, and, I, and I hope you enjoyed it. Yes, I did indeed. No worries. Always good to speak to supporters. <laughs> okay. Giannis, before we go, any final thoughts? I just saw a question, and before we go, that Rodney might be able to, he might blush or not. Um, okay. Peter Duddy, Peter Duddy wrote in and asked, does Rodney remember Maud from Epsom? I, I saw that. Do you remember Maud from Epsom? I would love to say yes, but it's No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Unless, of course, unless it was a racehorse that I bet on. Oh, it was a racehorse. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, right, yeah guys. It has been an it's been a no, it's been an absolute honour, Rodney. I, I um, you know, when you and George came to to Fulham, it was it was a dream come to, true for all of us as fans. Don't um, forget because, Bobby Moore. Don't forget oh, Bobby. Bobby. Yeah, but but I was always a big thing of the you know the closest player we have in world football to the style of play and your approach to the game that you had all those years ago is Zlatan. Zlatan, for me, is a guy who's just magnificent and at 39 does it all. And if you look at yourselves and, and Bolsey, um, Cluffy as a manager, certainly, Robin Friday, uh, Tony yeah. Curry. These are characters, Frank Worthington, who made the game such that I'd pay good money to go out and watch you play, even if I didn't support your club. And it's an honor to have you on. It's been fantastic to have you on. And I, I follow you on Twitter. I follow you on Twitter. So um, carry on with the great work on the radio show. It's fantastic. Keep following. Keep following. No, enjoy it. Thanks very much. All right. All right. Thanks well, that's going to that's gonna do it for this episode of College Talk. For my very special guest, Rodney Marsh, and my co-host, Jan Shanae. I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you, as always, for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.